0: Hello, everybody. This is Terence V, a.k.a. the Reb. Thank you for joining us as we herald in the month of Nisan, the month in which we are told that the Gula Shlema will come when Pesach will be on its way to us, and we will be on its way to it as Hashem takes us out of Mitzrayim each and every year at this very same time. The Mitzrayim, the boundaries that hold each and every one of us back for being the best that we can be, and sometimes those barriers are self-imposed, and you really just have to break through mentally, not only physically. When you break through the barriers mentally, then all things fall away. Your attitude will often determine your altitude, how high you're going to go. Of course, the greatest oppression, is Rabbi like by Chaim Pinter Scheinberg, Vassal, used to say, was well, the oppression of the mind. That's what the midstream tried to do to us. Egyptians tried to capture our minds. So that we had no time to think, no time to contemplate who we are, our greatness, and our obligations to a Kurdish and our loyalty to him and to the sorrow which he he has given to us. So we have to think about who we are, where we've been, and where we're going. You know, there was a Russian sociologist, named Svetlana Bohm, wrote a book called The Future of Nostalgia, a title that had a little bit of irony in it, and the future of nostalgia. And in it she said that nostalgia, the longing for the past, used to be a diagnosable and treatable disease. But more often than not, it was diagnosed and then punished, rather than treated. Meaning, let's say, in Tsarist Russia or in uh, communist Russia, where they would have a longing for the old days. The good old days with the Tsar. So what would they do? Somebody would say they wish it was the old days with you know the good times, at least what they call good times. So what happened? They take them to put them, them up up to their necks in sand or quicksand until they uh, cried uncle or cavatic whichever one it was. <laughs> they made sure that the people did not have a longing for the past. Now according to the sociologists. The only country in the world today, or uh, one of the only countries, but it might have even been the only country, which has on its medical books a disease called nostalgia as something which is diagnosable and treatable is Israel. And she said it without a scintilla of irony. Can you imagine that? Not even a grain of, of irony recognizing acknowledging that Eretz Israel is the one place, the one country, the one nation that, of course, recognizes its past and acknowledges its past, because by looking toward our past, we know where we are and where we have to go. Now, there are people who would say, as a French philosopher, um, I I believe he actually became, or is becoming from, I think he once learned with it. one of the great and in His name is, uh, not, not the rubanum, but fellow's name is Bernard-Henri Lévy, he said we are all tenants of the past, to a certain degree we live in the past. Now, that could be a positive, positive thing, or it could be a very negative thing. If a person is bound and kept and uh, held captive by the past, not moving forward, that's a bad thing. But if a person recognizes the past and learns from it and looks to it, Toward the past as a way to learn lessons for the future, then that's a good thing. As Rabbi Beryl Wine once said, he was in Israel and there was a, uh, a cab driver who pulled out without looking behind him, not looking in the rearview mirror, and narrowly averted a, a serious accident. Rabbi Wine said to him, Why didn't you just look in the rearview mirror to see what was behind you? And he said, Ah, Machpadli, what do I care? I only have to see what is ahead of me, I don't have to worry what's behind me. Well, Rabbi Wine said that is really the problem with the secular Medina. And all of those who do not acknowledge who we are as Israel don't recognize the past and appreciate what it is that, that we had, and that we're, we're constantly reminding ourselves, of it, as it's a mitzvah every day, to remind ourselves that Hashem took us out of the Shem and Mitzrayim, and particularly on Leo Pesach, when we tell our whole families, we tell ourselves, that had it not been for our Kaddish Baruch taking us out of Mitzrayim, we'd still be slaves in Mitzrayim. So when we say, Hashivenu Hashem Erechah, Reshulah, we want those glorious days of the past where Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, where Hashem built the base of Mitzrayim, where Hashem was so close to us. Of course, of course we long for that. We don't long to go back into uh, a, a time where things were... Were holding us back, or or being held back by the things which, you know, we when we were a young age and we were immature. We don't you want, know, we not None of us is longing to go back into kindergarten. Is what I'm saying, right? We just long for the days where we had that closeness, that proximity to a to a kaddish That's what we long for. So that longing for the past is healthy, and that that is what Pesach has, has to do with. It. Anyway, we're going to be talking about that today. Are there things which you feel? That you are confined by the Mitzrayim that you are in now, that you'd like to be free from. What's holding you back from being the best that you can be? We're we're here to talk about growing for greatness, right? And this is certainly a propitious time for that. Remember to make the brachas on the trees, the fruit-bearing trees, which let us remind ourselves that Hashem bears the the um, makes the fruit the fruit-bearing tree bear the fruit that it was meant to bear and that the fruits are blossoming, and that Hashem wants us to blossom as well. So remember, to say, those flowers under the tree. Now, some people say, ah, come on, now, you know, you don't have such good mazal. Why would they have a mazal? That's why they're being held back. Well, it's an interesting story I, I read about somebody who found out where the Sarham mazal is. Now, we know that everything is controlled by a Kaddish Torah, Everything. And even the mazalos, those things which influence the person's future, as it were. Now, we don't believe in stargazers, and we don't believe in astrologers. That's a lot of hooey. But there is something called mazalos. We say mazalos, right? You should have a good mazal. But calling yourself is above mazal. Shabbat can accomplish anything. Prayers can accomplish anything above mazal. However, let's just say for the moment that we understand there is something called mazal. It's not an independent influence, but it's just something which he gives over as some type of kayak to exert a sphere of influence, but not independent of his wrestle. Okay, It's complex, but the, but the bottom line is, Hashem runs the world, and even the Mazalos take their, their direct instructions from the Kodesh Baruch. But for the sake of this story, there was a person who was looking to go to the Sahr-Masl to change the just the way things were going from his life he wasn't happy with. And he found out what the Sahr-Masl was, the minister in charge of, the, of, uh, of doling out Mosel, as it were. On his way, he encounters a tree. How do you encounter a tree? He said, down under 100, and he uh, starts thinking to himself out loud about where he's going, and the tree hears this and says, as a tree could in this story, and normally trees don't speak, but for the sake of the story, the tree did have the ability to convey this message to him, that the tree wasn't happy with its own mothal, saying that it knew it was a fruit-bearing tree, but for some reason was not able to bear fruit. Could he please... Appeal to the SAR mazel that the tree's mazel should be changed so that it could bear fruit, of course he said'd be happy to do it I' going there anyway and then, along the way, he comes to a beautiful land and there's a palace, and he's brought in to be uh to be fed and to be sheltered for the night and there um he he meets a a princess, the daughter of the king. Who learns that he's going to meet the Saramazel, and she complains also that she's dissatisfied with her lot, despite the fact that she's a princess. There's something missing in her life, and she would like her mazel changed. So, of course, he agrees to do that, and is on his way. When he's very close to the destination of the Saramazel, he sees a lion that is in tremendous pain, mudding pain. It doesn't look like anything physical, and he stops, and the lion roars, and the fellow says. What's your problem? I'm on my way to the Saramazul. Is there something I could do for you? And the lion says, Well, even though he's the king of the jungle, he's dissatisfied with his very own lot. Could the fellow appear, appeal to the Saramazul? And he says he would. So he goes, he meets the Saramazul and the Sarmozzle explains to him what everybody's situation is and sends him on his way. Now, the fellow goes back and he encounters once again the tree. And the tree says, were well, you able to speak to the Tsar Mosel? And he says, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, I did, as a matter of fact. And he told me that what's inhibiting your growth, my friend, is you have a vast treasure stored underneath the ground. It's it's blocking the roots that would allow you to grow the fruits. The tree says, well, I have a wonderful idea. Why don't you dig up the treasure? I don't have any need for it, but you do. So take the treasure. Go home. Be a wealthy man, and I'll be able to fulfill my purpose with my Mosel being changed to bear ripe, beautiful fruits. So I, "I'd love to, but uh, you see, I, uh, I, I, I've got to go find my own model. I, I, got, I have to take care of my own model. I, I, I really don't have time to just deal with you. I'm sorry. Bye." And then he encounters the princess. She says to so, him, "Did you meet the Tsar model?" He says, "Of course." He said, "The answer to your problem is easy. You simply need to get married. Your model will change. You'll be very happy." Bye. Well, I got to go. Well, one, one second. Is that what he said? So, well, would you marry me? Um, I'd really like to, but, you see, uh, i got to go after my Mazel. i really got to make things happen for me. You know what I mean? Bye. And then he meets the lion. And the lion says, well, were you able to meet the Sar Mazel? Of course. Very easy, my dear friend. Sar star Mazel all you have to do is just devour someone that doesn't recognize or appreciate their own Mazel, and you'll be fine and happy. Bye. Whoops. Without another word, he was gone, consumed by the lion the end of that story. but so really just the beginning of the story in terms of this message, right? And that is that we all have opportunities in front of us. We're all confronted with situations that if we only look and realize it's right there, we just need Hashem to open our eyes, open our minds, and take that step and realize that you can change your model through Tilla, through learning, through Tzedakah, and recognize that it's right there in front of you, in front of me. Are the situations now that you're going through that perhaps if you only looked at it with a little bit of a different look, a different perspective, maybe just a, a little turn of the head or maybe washing your glasses or uh, rinsing the lenses of perspective that you have internally to look at things a little differently? So if you've got a situation like that where you're not happy with something and you're not quite sure how to, how to get out of it, it's a um, mitzrayim that's holding you back. Now's a great time to think about how to break through those barriers. We're cleaning for Pesach, so let's clean out the hummus from inside ourselves, from our minds and hearts and souls. And that is part of what we're here to do on Growth and Greatness. This is Perling's B, aka The Reb. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. Thanks for joining the Rebolution. So let's rev up. We've got great things on board for you. Iran, our producer, is cooking. We've got news that we are going to be starting. I'd rather um, say a little and do a lot, but, boy, do we have news for you. You've never seen anything like this. and some great stuff that's coming up in terms of um, things that are going to give you an uplift. But, again, Omer Mahatma, Osa But right now, we're talking to you and listening to you right here on j the station that does... Listen to you. I want you to become a J. Root sponsor. Sponsor one of our programs or just sponsor the, um, the whole J Root process, whether you have a company or a service you'd like to advertise or just you'd like to say, I really love your programming. Let me make a donation to say thank you J. Root, and you can reach us anytime at 718-683-5858. 8 8 5 8 5 8. My talk line is open right now, 718-683-5858. 8 8 5 8 5 8. Hi, how are you? What's on your mind? You can give me a call right now. 718-683-5858. We are live right here on J. Ruth. How are you? All right. Fantastic. So we're going to take that call. Meanwhile, if you're listening anywhere else on Liquid Scoop or any of the other numbers or apps that are on, my listen line is always open at 848-221-4605. You can leave me a message. We'll get back to you. Or my email, eichlermedia at gmail.com Just say, red. We'd like to talk to you about this, please let us know and we are here for you. Growing for greatness. Once again, I don't claim to know everything. You know, only one degree in psychology, but lots and lots of life experience, which you know, I'm not I'm not shooting my own horn, but just through the sheer and the lectures and the shoes and that we've been giving over the years, um, we'd like to think that the people that we've helped are are similar to you in some manner, shape, and form. Despite the fact that you are a unique individual, there are certain problems that are native to each and every one of us. For example, how do you deal with stress? How do you deal with anger? How do you deal with kids that are having problems that are not doing what you want them to do? How do you deal with a relationship with a spouse, with a friend, with an employee, How do you deal with ourselves? You're trying to get to a certain point in your life and just don't know how to break through that barrier. So, again, while I don't claim to know everything, you can talk to me about anything. So let's give it a try. If you have something in your mind that's bothering you that you'd like to talk about, something that uh, is inhibiting you, your own personal mitzvah that you'd like to get out of, let's work on it. Let's talk about it. Let's see if we can walk it through, work it through, and see if we can come up with a solution, something that will at least give you a derrick, um, a path or a way to to get to where you want to go. Call me at 718-683-5858. Tell me what you're thinking about these days, or on another tack, what do you think about the election as we're moving rapidly toward the primaries in New York? Is it going to be Mr. Trump, or is he going to trump himself out of the box by just saying one thing just a little bit too foolish? Does Mr. Cruz have a chance? I mean, I can't tell you what I think was a good idea, a bad idea to have him baking matzo. I mean... He may be a great person, but how does any do allow somebody to not a member of the Jewish people, as nice and decent a fellow as he is, what's he doing Bacon muffins? Not a mix with him. I mean, who, who thought of that idea? I mean, I find it a little bit distasteful, don't you? I mean, very nice. We're happy that you want to, you know, tell the Jewish community that you recognize and appreciate and respect them, but I think, in, I mean, maybe maybe the guy, maybe you should let him be a moyal I mean, your kid's Chris I mean, I don't know. Maybe you should make, I mean, would you make him the Masonic Adushan? Come on, get out of here. What are you doing? Matzah's you I can't imagine any thinking, committed Jew allowing the guy, well, what are you doing making matzah? Uh, am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe he told me he was just making crackers for alcohol. What do you think about that? 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. A little musical break. We'll be back, but call me right now. 718-683-5858. Parrots B, aka the Reb, thanks for joining the Revolution. standby green light, straight ahead. Licensed by the State of Awareness to live life to its fullest. JRoot, and don't forget our good friends on Liquid Scoop that uh, are there for you as well. But JRoot is a station that does listen to you around the corner, around the world. Support JRoot and call them and make a donation today. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Parrots B, hi,
1: how? Are you? Good morning.
0: Hello there.
1: Yes. Hi. I want to talk about um, Breaking Free. I'm sorry. um, My own personal uh, struggle and where I'm up to. I have um, a very controversial thing that I would like to pursue. Um, I did at one point pursue it, and I was knocked down with it. I struggled and tried to do it, and I couldn't. And I'm trying again to. I'd like to try again to pursue it. And I'm having a very hard time with that because of the struggle I had already once. And I feel and it's I you know either I could just let it go, and and not pursue my struggle on it, but does it doesn't sit right with me.
0: Okay. Well, you know the first thing a person has to know is. Is, the, is what you're struggling with something which is pivotal in terms of your life? Is it something that you want? Is it something that you need? Is it the right thing to do? The first thing the person always has to ask is, it the right thing to do? Is it what Hakadah Barakah wants? Now, we're not Neviyim, we're not prophets, we're not sons of daughters of prophets. So having Das Torah is always what I consider to be the sine qua non. Somebody that has the. The Torah resources to be able to distill through their through their eyes what the right or wrong thing to do is. Mm-hmm. That's why I always went to people like Rabbi Scheinberg Zittel or Rabbi Victor Miller al who more than any psychologist and more than any counselor or coach, were able to distill things through a their knowledge of Torah and b their knowledge of of you. Now, I would first of all suggest that if you don't have somebody that's, that, that's a rogue, that you try and find one. There are many in, in Brooklyn and Lakewood who are more than ready, willing, and able to listen to somebody and to give them good advice. We only look at ourselves, and as, as I do, as somebody that's merely a, um, I, won't, I won't say an alternative, but merely an extension of that. Whatever I tell you is really an extension of that which I've been told by my doctor. So my first advice to you would be distilled to so Dastoro. But let's talk it through. Tell me what it is and let's see if we can guide you in a in a way that'll be helpful for you. So would you feel okay, uh, on that? On
1: that perspective, I this comes, this um topic was brought up with me was like um close to five, six years ago and then I did talk to Das Toro about it. Um at first the Das Toro said I could pursue it. I could do it and then at uh, I could bring out the topic. And then at the end of the conversation he said, Let's leave it go. Let's let don't do it because this um this thing is about vaccinating my children and it was getting involved if the school system is gonna have a fight with me or not. And on uh, the part of not vaccinating, he's like you could pursue it but as soon as you, as soon as it's going to conflict with the school, stop. You know, stop it. Um now that isn't would advice to go back because I do have more research, I do have more information, I do have more um, you know, way of how to how to pursue the school system that I shouldn't be fighting with them. Um but I just can't get myself up to to bring myself to continue the, to pursue my um, to feel that it's safe about my children not on, on the vaccines.
0: Okay, what's the problem?
1: <laughs> what's the problem? I really believe that vaccines are very unhealthy for children. You believe that? That is where that's where I come from.
0: I'm sorry. can you say it again?
1: I I I do not want to vaccinate my children. You don't and want to vaccinate? Vaccinate, right? Ah. Uh-huh. And this is a battle for me that's, you know, day in and day out. Every year comes for, you know, the school, the school um, medical forums, okay, I have to vaccinate children, and I just, every time I eat myself up of doing that. And and I was told then not to, but I feel like, but now I'm going to maybe do that. I'm going to go back to the, the and let's discuss it now. That's eight years later, five years later. What did you say now about it?
0: Five years later, I would imagine that whatever it was that was, Supposed to be vaccinated for is probably taken care of. I mean, well, it comes now, up right? every year
1: again because you have um every year there's more and there's new ch- new children coming to the world and, and going into the school system, and, and, the, and the cycle just goes on and on and on, and on and that the neutrals need to vaccinate, and you know, it just doesn't, it never ends.
0: To vaccinate or not to vaccinate? Well, that's a question which has come up, but I think more as much as it's a question of Dr. Tyler, it's a question of Doc's doctor also. What does your family physician say? Um,
1: well, I have two. One, one that says do whatever you want. My uh, the regular doc, um, the p- pediatrician, and then I have a health doctor that that I go to also that says don't vaccinate. <laughs> so yeah, you find you know, the doctor second. that you, you want.
0: that? Oh, you have a pediatrician that said do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, my that's pediatrician. That's pretty sick. <laughs> is my, yeah, my pediatrician said, "You come in. Do you want to vaccinate? Fine. If
0: you don't, that's okay with me too." Ah, uh, okay, but it's not like he was uh, being um, being neutral, not taking a sense. Like if he t- if he asked him, "Does your kid need a tonsillectomy?" He wouldn't say, "Do whatever you want," right? He would tell you, "No, the kid either needs his tonsils out or he doesn't need it out." So uh, would right. you understand from his telling you, "Do whatever you want," that either way is okay? That if I presume, right, and again, there's a presumption And when a pediatrician tells you that, that there's some responsibility that he's taking, meaning that if he told you to do whatever you want, that if you don't vaccinate, the child is not in any danger. And if you do, it's also okay. Otherwise, right. it would be irresponsible, right? Now, it's, what are the other well, it's
1: a parent's responsibility, the right? It's okay. really not. The, the vaccine itself, it's really doctors cannot force you. So that's why he says it is my responsibility if I choose not to or not to. Yes or not?
0: Right. What's the reason you don't want to do it? What, what's the vaccination for, and what's the reason you don't want to do it?
1: My reason why I don't want to do it? I. What's
0: the vaccination for?
1: In general, any vaccine. Uh, they claim that they're going to um, prevent from getting the measles, mumps, rubella, the flu, you know, um, ptosis. That's what they claim for vaccines are for, right? they prevent preventing right. so their. Why don't,
0: inter- so why don't. Let me ask you something. Why don't you want the vaccination? What is, wh- what is bothering you about it? What's inherently um, difficult about making that decision in terms of do you feel is a danger to your kids? You just don't like the school telling you how to, how to treat your kids in terms of, of health procedures? What is it that, that you don't well, like when... about vaccination?
1: Right. So when I had my first child, when she was young, and I gave her when she was pretty, you know, a year old, and I first gave it, that first vaccine, I'm like, "What in the world am I put, injecting into my child's bloodstream? I'm putting poison." That was my own assumption on that, and and she did have a reaction to it, um, to it at one point. But yeah, and then and then I started educating myself and. And that the danger of the vaccine, my assumption was correct that is um, you don't the what you're putting in is doesn't belong to your body
0: okay, go back to this is what I would do. I go back to my pediatrician or health professional that that I knew or a Rav who is well versed in medical issues of which there are many. I don't know who your rabbi is, but i would I would certainly ask him because rabbis are dealing with this stuff all the time. But I think I would go back and ask my, my pediatrician, say, look, I'm adverse to giving my kids this vaccine. The school wants them to do it. Um, you know, I don't have a medical degree. I'm a mother. I'm concerned about it. What is the best thing for the well-being of my child? I'm asking you, do not tell me do whatever I want. Are you recommending it or not recommending it? Is there a danger for my child if I don't? Is there a danger for a child if I do? Which represents the greatest danger? Which is the wise thing to do? Tishmor esna means you got to look after your goof and take care of your health. You have a responsibility to do that. Ask your rabbi again, ask your doctor again, and then use your own intuition as a mother for your kids. See what other mothers are doing. Ask them what they've done, and then formulate your opinion. Are you married? Yeah. I and mean, Are you still married? Okay. What yeah. does your husband have to say about it?
1: Uh, my what? husband. Now,
0: now you're gonna tell me. Now you're gonna tell me your husband was a pediatrician. Do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> no. actually, uh, my husband hears he heard me out very well, and he. He he's okay with it, but he does He's not. He's not getting involved with it. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting involved.
0: What do you mean? Is it, is you have he's like, I, it's your like, I'm not getting involved, oh, damn it. It's my kids. You do what you want.
1: I don't you, <laughs> no. Saying, say say, say, like, I, favorite. I, I already know what I have to do. I have to. Right. You know, he actually did get involved. I shouldn't say that. When it came to filling out the application to the school and the school says get where's the vaccines and he had a whole argument with the school, like, why are you making what are you a doctor that you you have to um, you have to know um, that my child is vaccinated? And the two schools like, no, it's from the government. So my husband actually responded very well, you know, very well, and he said, well, the same government that mandatory is that you have to make sure the children are vaccinated it also lets the children have a choice of not being vaccinated. The school did not want to hear about it. So he is very involved in it, but it's, it's my, my like, that's what I'm taking on, that I have, I have to do the work. And writing, writing up the work, doing the work, and uh, well, I'm gonna have to. He was one also that came with me to the road. No, I, I what, was what's, the, what's,
0: the work, what's the work involved? You check off yes or no in the box. The kid rolls no. up and <laughs> the No, the work is involved. The is, it's the writing is up is a letter. And one and second. and the other thing is, you, why don't you just wait till the kids are fifty, and if nothing happens, you know he will write. What? I'm sorry, I missed that I one. You wait till they're fifty years old. And don't and then you say, Oh, I guess I was right. But the other thing you could do really seriously, get <laughs> another consultation from your doctor and tell him you need an answer, should they do it or not? If he doesn't tell you yes or no, then just speak to other parents, somebody, you know, who you really like and trust. Did your kid get vaccinated? Is everything okay? Why make an issue? It's your kid's health. If you really are strongly determined not to do it and you really researched the benefit or danger of it, and make the decision based on that. But you say, get the medical knowledge. You know, even on when it comes to something like a life-and-death matter about eating or fasting, let's say on Yom Kippur, a person has to know if their medical doctor told them that it's a secundum for them. If they don't eat on Yom Kippur, they're held accountable for taking their own life. You know that? So you have to get the right advice. Ask your doctor if he's a reasonable, good, decent person, which you would hope in this day and age that the person is. Ask him what to do, and ask again, and then just ask him your friends and make a decision. But don't stand limbo on it because uh, the health of your kids is at stake here. Hashem should help you, guide guide you, make the right decision. But act on it now. Make, we'll do something on it today to take it a step forward. Okay? And okay. Let thank so you. <laughs> <out>. Thanks, <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks <laughs> very much. I, have a, I have a question was the mayor. you the know, Red know. right here in Jerusalem. Um, have you run into this question about vaccinating your kids, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate? What did you do, and how did it turn out, and what do you think about that? Uh, what are we doing about vaccinating ourselves against all us? How do we make sure that we're keeping ourselves distant and making sure that we're staying out of the, the germs that permeate our environment in terms of workplace? What are you doing to take that type of vaccination? It says, Tere that's why there's this great group that I encounter called the Torah Biado, where they have kids learning Mishnayat after school. You should find out about it. It's absolutely amazing. These kids are learning up a storm. They go on great trips. They get prizes, and they love to learn, even when they don't have to in school. Why? Because when you have an incentive to do something, when you feel success in what you're doing, then you recognize that you want to do more. And that's what we all want to do. So to make the right decisions, we have to speak to the right people. Get good aces, get good advice. Go to the people that know you. Go to the people that you know have their, you know, their heads in the right place tell and you'll get the best advice. If you're looking for it, you know, by listening to total, the total foolishness and nonsense, and we all know what the sources are. You're not going to get that information. But if it was somebody like R. Mordechai Weinberger, or I dare say even myself. Who have your good at heart and do have a little bit of sehel, well, Mordecai's got a lot of sehel, actually, and knowledge and erudition to help you. So that's where you want to get your advice from, especially from Dr. pleasure, a Revy, and Rob who knows you. Hi, Peris aka the Reb. How are you? Hello there. What's going on? All right. We're happy you joining us today. We'll be back after this, and then we're going to sign off with a great message for you before. So page- stay tuned. And don't forget to support J. Root Radio, the station that listens to you. Call them now and make your pledge today before Pesach, and help J. Root continue its great work The people behind the scenes that are there working every day for you. Heritage C A.K.A. The Reb, licensed by the State of Awareness, to live life to its fullness, full ist Stay tuned. Green light, straight ahead.
2: Atu is the wild, the old, the old, the old, the old, the old, the the old, Het groen, het al Come and go. I'm sure you already know. Just walk in slow mo. Forget about the words flow. I'm you, your eye. You can reach sky high. Don't let them tell. So you, you can not fly. fly. Goss and Kale Kale son, Mazeltov. Have the Mazeltov, have our needs from Mazeltov. Goss and Kale Kale son, have a herb arm with the cross in Mazeltov. Kale Mazeltov. Goss and Kale Kale son, Mazeltov. Have the Mazeltov, have our needs from Mazeltov. Kale Kale son, have a herb arm not, oh
0: V, a.k.a. The Rev, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here with you as we herald in the month of Nisan, the month in which the Gula Shlema happened then, and, well, the Gula Shlema, as far as getting on the Shreem, but the ultimate Gula, the, the Gula which will come when Mashiach comes, that we're still waiting for. But it says we were redeemed in Nisan, and again, we will be redeemed in Nisan. So this is a very propitious time. Not only that, but it's a great time to think about how we can make ourselves better and prepare ourselves for being taken out of the mitzrayim that holds each and every one of us back. We're still in Gullis. It's a long, dark Gullis. We're waiting for kaddish Baruch Hu to take us out. We have to prepare ourselves. Increasing our learning, increasing our tzvillis, increasing our tzedakah. And when we go into Pesach, let's not just think about that pair of shoes we're buying for ourselves, my new hat, the new dress you're getting. What about somebody else? You ever think about buying somebody else a new hat, somebody else a new dress, heard a beautiful story from Rabbi Palm here in Lakewood who said that he saw a story about uh, a young girl who became a collar and they found an incredible mitzvah, a real find of an apartment they would have gotten for a very low price. But she didn't want to take it because there were two other girls that were very, very poor and she felt that by having that apartment she somehow would make them feel badly. Um knowing that she'd got this apartment and they weren't married yet, and she felt badly for them. I remember all the details of the story, but in essence, was they, um, they decided they would buy the apartment and she would just stay there and maybe later on help them by giving them or selling them the apartment at the same rate that she got it, she'd find someplace else. Meanwhile, right after she did that, the two girls became engaged. The chesed that this person did somehow spilled over and extended itself to these two girls who then became engaged. So many people, when they think about Pesach, they think about oh, i got to buy a new pair of shoes. Yep, time for a new suit. It's a suit sale. got to buy ten suits for the price of five. Right. Why don't you think about somebody you know that hasn't bought a new hat for the past 20 years because they couldn't afford it. Maybe you should think about quietly, secretly getting the money to buy a new hat Maybe you should find out somebody that that doesn't have food for Pesach and go through Tumpe Shabbos or one of the other organizations Still still hate. Give them the money that will help them. So think about it. Rambam says we really can't have a yontif for ourselves unless we make it a yontif for somebody else. And we should feel great pleasure when we meet our responsibilities. You see it in Parshas Matsura. It says, Vizos Tien and Matzora." This shall be the Torah of the one stricken with saras on the day of his tahara, of his purification, and he shall be brought to the Kohen. Now, Zone own person, my dear friend, brings down an even Ezra and notes that the Torah states that the person will be brought to the Kohen, not that he will become on his own, not that he will come on his own to, to the Kohen, right? The person will be brought to the claim, not that he will come from on his own. So the reason is after the Tauras clears up, he will not want to bring the offerings that he's responsible to bring. When a person has Tauras, he will definitely claim that, of course, he'll bring the necessary offerings when the Tauras clears up. Of course, I'm going to do it. But once he's cured, he can easily forget his obligations. Oh, well, you know, I'm better now. Now now that nothing is pressing him, he doesn't have the Lakhats to do it, Focus on other things and more than likely not meet his obligation. You know, there are some people that just find it very difficult to meet the responsibilities. Did you ever notice that? And when they need favors from somebody or they want to impress somebody, they might make a lot of promises. But when the time comes to keep their obligations, they do all they can to avoid meeting them. A person that has integrity, which we would hope that each of us has, that person is going to derive pleasure from meeting his or her responsibilities. And you're not going to need somebody else to coerce you to keep them. And in fact, the more pleasure you feel in meeting your obligations, the only that you met your responsibilities, the more motivated you will be to meet them. We each have an obligation to ourselves, to our families, to our friends, to our cottage bronco. And when we meet those obligations, we will feel a tremendous sense of happiness. So, let's start by meeting our obligations. Now, one of the things that I've told you many times before, we could solve a lot of problems if we would just think. Think before we act, think before we speak. I just did a, um, I just did a schmooze now on the idea of thinking. Thinking in general. Remember that French philosopher, Descartes, who said, I think, therefore I am. His truth of his existence was that he was thinking. Well, they say that one day he was in a tavern in France, went in to get a drink, and the bartender said, Monsieur, would you like a cognac? And he said, no, I think not. Poof! He was gone! Because according to his own philosophy, since he wasn't thinking, he didn't exist. But if you look carefully at the great thinkers of the world, they're always thinking about how to improve one's lot, how to make oneself better. And certainly are our legacy, our heritage, is mulling a godish with the demand to think. Yiddish type doesn't demand an abdication of one's mind. It demands that we're constantly thinking about who we are, what we are, where we're going, thinking about misses. When you go into a store, and let's say it has kosher or non-kosher food, and you make a conscious, conscientious decision to buy the kosher food, even if it was lying subliminally believed below the, the, you know, you're just snorkeling Beneath the uh, the forefront of your mind, but you are thinking about it. You made a conscious decision, a conscientious decision. The so Rashi says, and in this week's parsha, the Cohen shall command to take for him who is to be purified two birds, alive and pure. So Rashi says that the reason that birds were taken for the process of purification, purifying the mitzvah, was because, as you know, birds constantly chirp, 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 chirp. chirp. And Saras comes from speaking Russian horror. Which is a matter of chattering in the Matura needed birds for his Kapppura. Rabbi has commented on this that the Torah is giving us a key insight into what lies behind a person speaking against others. The root of the problem is that the person keeps on talking without thinking what he's saying. Just as birds keep making noises, so too, this person is just making a lot of chirping chatter noise. A person has to think about, you know, the goals, about what you're about to say, what do you want to accomplish? Before you need, before you speak, and I want you to ask yourself this, and I try to do it every time before I come on this broadcast, ask yourself, what's the purpose of what I'm about to say? What will it accomplish? What effect will it have? Think about this. Any conversation that you have, what's the purpose of what I'm about to say? What will it accomplish? And what will it have? In other words, think. Think about this. What is the purpose? What will it accomplish? And what effect will it have? I guess you could say, if you put the words P-A-E together, it spells the word. It sounds like pay, right? Pay? There's no why. There's a need. But it's pretty, you could pronounce it pay. So think about it. What's the payback going to be? What's the pay forward going to be? How is it going to pay? What's the purpose? What's it going to accomplish? And what's going to be the effect? Purpose, accomplish, effect. What is it going to pay? Purpose of what I'm saying. What will it accomplish? What will it affect? Once you get into the habit of asking yourself these questions, you'll always think before you speak. And this will enable you to overcome the tendency of speaking against others. Rabbi Avram Hanukh Hoffman of Yushalayim was a close friend of Rabbi ben Yadler. And they would discuss ways, they would actually talk about ways that they could work on self-improvement, especially regarding Klayakha Debor's speech at home. Rabbi Aram would say that when a husband comes home and asks his wife, uh, what's the supper, or what would you cook today? The question is superfluous, or you might say even unnecessary. Why do you need to ask this question? Whatever has been prepared for you, you're going to find out. If it was potatoes and kugel, it definitely doesn't.
2: <laughs> it's
0: there. As it was made, these type of questions can easily lead to anger and quarrels. That's what we had last week. Don't ask a question, just eat what your wife put on the table. Don't ask unnecessary questions. What you ask yourself? What am I going to accomplish by this? Well, I'll accomplish knowing what they receive. Well, big deal. So you know now. What is there anyway? What are you going to gain by that? So if we will all take this attitude with our husbands, our wives, our kids, think before you speak. Engage your mind, right, before turning on your tongue. All right. Is there a thought or uh, something along those lines that you encountered that you'd like to discuss with me? One last shot at it right now before we sign off, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Can you think of a time where you thought before you spoke and it made a difference? Can you you think of a time now where you're thinking about saying something but you're not sure if you should? 718-683-5858 right now, or uh, you can reach me at my talk line at 848-221-4605. 848 221 Remember to be a J-Rootster. You can hear us also. You can hear some more reports on the Lakewood Scoop as well. Support J-Root. Call them now and let them know. Let them know that you're there for them and become a J-Root sponsor as well. And stay tuned for more great listening on the station that listens to you. And, of course, you can hear me on TLS as well, the Lakewood Scoop. Stay tuned for great programming all day long. I want you to think about helping somebody else making their yontif brighter in the next two weeks to come. Before Pesach, think about giving money, moral support. If you need it yourself, Misham, send it to you in abundance without having to come on to anybody. But if you know somebody that does need help, get hold of Tumpe Get hold of one of the many organizations that are helping people. Make somebody else's yontif a Simca while you're participating in their Simca and helping them out. This is Terrence B., a.k.a. The Reb. I don't claim to know everything. You can join The Reb Club by signing on and saying I'd like to become part of the Reb Club by reaching me at eichlermedia at gmail.com or calling me at 848-221-4605. Join the revolution. I wish you a great week. Green light straight ahead. Remember, in the words of Hillel, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn.